electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Friday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. Kramer is finishing up his week at One Market in San Francisco. Got some risk off today as Austria, facing that COVID wave, announces a fresh nationwide lockdown. Germany will not rule out one of its own. Got Europe red, oil back near 76, the two-year yield back to 44 basis points. That's the biggest one-day drop since March of last year. Our roadmap begins with the COVID contagion fears returning. Meanwhile, Moderna and Pfizer, a boosters cleared for all U.S. adults as we keep an eye on Austria and this lockdown. Stocks are set for a mixed open. Plus, we've got Ford continuing to target Tesla, the automaker, looking to significantly boost its EV production by 2023. And one week out, the RLX rallying ahead of Black Friday, but retailers like Macy's, Williams-Sonoma, Farfetch are moving lower in what is not an easy tape today. Jim, what do we make of Austria? And and more importantly, what do we make of Germany saying that they're in a national emergency and they will not say a lockdown's not coming there either? I think these are outliers. I think the market's down way too much because of these. I think oil's down because of these. Uh, A lot of our cyclicals don't, and it is silly. Uh, These are uh, outlier countries because there's been no vaccine mandate. It's very easy to create a vaccine mandate. You could be like Portugal. Boom. I mean, the whole country is just almost entirely vaccinated. So this is a short term issue uh, causing people to get a great opportunity to buy things. Uh, yeah, there's been some work done. J.P. Morgan earlier in the week saying Europe basically vaccinated a lot of people early, but stumbled on the boosters. Yes. Uh, that's why you're actually seeing a positive correlation between vax rates and cases, which is very weird. And why uh, the Moderna Pfizer news today on FDA is so important, David. Yeah, I mean, you, you continue to... Uh, uh, wonder at what point will this be treated as something that is obviously always going to be with us, unfortunately, but be in the background, Jim. And I say that because obviously there's boosters out there. But as we also know and have talked about for quite some time, these oral antivirals from both Merck and now Pfizer as well are going to be available potentially quite soon. I think uh, the panel's going to meet at the end of this month on the on the Merck on Molnupiravir. Pfizer probably not far behind in terms of that. They have uh, they have submitted EUA. And so you do wonder, Jim, Will these kinds of scares go away in the sense of, yes, unfortunately, COVID will be something that is never going away fully, but that we are going to be dealing with and dealing with effectively, of course, uh, for for years to come and therefore not going to react this way. Granted, when hospitalizations are up, these countries do feel a need to act. Well, these are all countries that uh, have a tremendous uh, freedom of action. And freedom of action has always been proven to be the problem with COVID. Uh, any place that stubbornly resists uh, the central government, uh, and it's certainly the case in Germany, where you actually have whole countries within Germany, uh, tells me that these are short term. Because in the end, the central government wins. Uh, a, a lockdown of, it, of Germany cannot last very long. 
Uh, I point to the fact that Italy, which is perhaps the most hard-hit country in all of Europe, has gotten their act together entirely. Why? Because the central government there said, this is it. We're done. No more of this. Uh, our, our country is kind of in the middle. We went with kind of uh, a federalist system where the states had more power than anybody believes. But you can absolutely put an end to COVID uh, as a, a life-threatening flu and make it into a horrible flu uh, that is very infectious, but is not infectious if you have lots of people who have the booster. Look, Dr. Gottlieb has said over and over again, get the booster. But the, and he felt, I think, that there was, Carl, a kind of a strange uh, differentiation that was caused by the government, our government, M- meaning that, look, if you've already had two, you know a third doesn't matter. It's fine. But our government didn't say that, uh, had mixed message. So, Carl, we're sitting here looking at what's happening in Europe, knowing what's happening in some of our states, and just saying the economy worldwide is slowing. I'm not buying it one bit. What an opportunity, Carl. What an opportunity to buy stuff that's just being thrown away left and right because of Austria and, I don't know, some provinces in Germany that are just uh, resistant to the central government, as they've been since, uh, since the country was created. Uh, it's a good point. I mean, between the boosters and the antivirals, as David points out. So if things are on sale unnecessarily, what do you buy? I mean, do you go right into uh, materials? Do you go right into travel? What, what's on sale today that, that looks interesting? I think that travel's good. I think retail's great. If we get that kind of uh, wholesale pullback in retail, uh, because these, the numbers are incredible. The American consumer is amazingly strong. Anything related to the American consumer, whether it's travel, whether it's be uh, spending at the mall, is just a fantastic opportunity. And I think you pounce on it. Uh, maybe we get more bad news in Europe on Monday, uh, over the weekend. So you pounce some today and then some next week. We're oversold. The Dow's been down for a long time. Technology can't always lead us on that. Look, uh, when the list of watch, remember, Costco had no problem with margins whatsoever. Uh, when you look at the airlines, there was an upgrade today at Southwest. I don't like Southwest. This is not the same Southwest as you remember. But I will turn to, and David, you can uh, make fun of me all you want, and I think that's perfectly fine. I'm going back to Boeing after, after three upgrades. I'm now confident that something happens. Oh, wait, you say going back to. You've never abandoned Boeing, which is why I've been I can't abandon fun Boeing. Because There's only you two continue to say very negative things about Boeing. For years, and yet you haven't sold it. Now, he, I, I, he doesn't know how to quit. Yeah, he doesn't. I don't know how to quit. I, no, I'm not a quitter quit when it comes Boeing. to Boeing. I'm not a quitter. <laughs> I know I feel like the Detroit Lions when it comes to Boeing, but I'm not quitting. Um, it was uh, Wells on, thir- on Wednesday and then JPM yesterday with the, uh, with the upgrades. And then last night, Bloomberg had a piece on how the Max, Jim, is turning out to be a huge success story. Yeah, look, <laughs> This is one of those things where Boeing has gotten some of its act together. I think Calhoun is getting much more engaged and involved. I love the fact that there was an amazing lawsuit against Boeing uh, and and talked about how weak Calhoun was. And it was all discredited. Uh, I I find that Boeing has gotten its act together uh, and it's going to be back in. And when it gets back in, it's going to go up 50 and then Boeing's going to do an equity offering. And all is fine at Boeing. This has been the scenario that I've traced out for three months. So far, it's been wrong. I'm betting it's right. Uh, the one that I've gotten right when it comes to David, that you must be most fascinated by because you care about fixed income. Have you seen what Ford's doing? Have you seen? Yes, the refinancing we have. instead. I mean, this is yes. incredible. We have two yes. Fords that are doing well today. Bill Ford with the Sierra Space, which, believe me, is an anti-China play. It's a defense play. And then we've got, yes, far enormous away. amount of debt being refinanced there. Six yes, point, I did see David, that. Six point yeah. seven. Go away. Not? Come and on. Why not? Right? Yeah. 
No. Honey, uh, you, you're you can't right compete against the EVs, David, unless you got a clean balance sheet. They have unlimited capital. This and Apple are all banned for the current EVs. I'm quoting Adam Jonas when it comes to that, but he doesn't mind if I steal well, his stuff. Right, he's with good the guy. Rivian stake, although the Rivian stake is now not worth quite as much as it was at the beginning of the week, though it is still worth quite a bit. Yes. Uh, and, and the balance sheet that you're pointing to for it is going to be able to potentially fund what we're looking at right there, right, Jim? Uh, increasing the production to 600,000 EV, 600,000. Now, you've told us so many times uh, in very colorful terms how Mr. Farley feels about Elon Musk. I wonder if he's gotten his attention. Well, look, I, I've got to tell you, let's not, let's not forget what GM's doing. Mary Barr has pioneered some tremendous, uh, I don't know if you're in line to get the Hummer. Uh, my wife is like at the end of the list to get the Hummer car. This Hummer just goes sideways, does everything. I mean, it's kind of like a, a spacecraft. So I think GM's doing quite well, too. It's just that the difference here is that Jim Farley, I think he's going to have to try to figure out how to get this valuation with EV. Because all that ever happens, Carl, is we come in here and... And David talks about it's bigger than Ford. It's bigger than Ford. Farley's had the it's bigger than Ford. Okay, he's done with that. <laughs> he's done. He's taking no prisoners. Farley, by the yep. way, ran a, had a great race this weekend where, you know, he races cars in the weekend and uh, he won. He's a winner. I, I do want to ask you about Ford in particular. It was Bill Ford, Jim, uh, this week on Sirius XM, who was talking about um, the long-term business model for autonomous And it's going to be a subscription model where you're not going to own a car. You're going to use a car briefly, which will not have a pedal or a steering wheel. And that's Jonas's point, too, today as well. Long term, uh, if this works out for Apple uh, and the autonomous car in general, that's not good news for the EV makers as we know them today. No, it's not. And then you throw in what Katie Huberty saying, which is exactly that kind of car, talking about the service revenue being what's going to really matter to Apple. People, remember, Apple was never first. Katie Huberty makes that great, great case where she goes, remember BlackBerry? And she's saying everybody, all these people, these pioneers, they're going to have arrows at, in their back. And then Apple's going to come in. It'll be game, set, match. I continue to think that there's somebody who knows more than Apple when it comes to that kind of situation. And that somebody is Jensen Wong. Uh, Tim, what? All right, but you know what? Nobody's nobody's going to be in a car because they're all going to be in his Omniverse, right? Where you can travel however you want, wherever you want, uh, and you're not actually don't have to leave your home. So the problem with really well. He has a problem. Remember, it's Omniverse, and what the problem with Jensen is. I said Omniverse. Okay, I wanted to be sure. I thought you went meta on me. The problem with the Omniverse may be that your avatar is smarter than you are. And so let, let's say you're playing Avatar in a game of Go or something. They'll crush you. They'll c- crush you in, ru- in Rummy Cube. I want to find out whether your Avatar is necessarily smarter than you are. Or can, can you program it to being a little dumber than you are, Carl, so you're not embarrassed by your Avatar? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, are you gonna, by the way, uh, Carl was talking about you know, autonomous fleets of cars. You'll have a subscription. His plan is also for a subscription, isn't it? At least I, that's what I read this week, Jim. You know a lot more, obviously. Well, he, but, uh, he's fungible. A thousand bucks a year for your avatar? I mean, I, I don't know. Is that what we're going to be looking at? Well, look, I think if you're McDonald's, all right, it wake them up. If you're McDonald's, you're sitting and you're saying, you know what, how many people can we replace with avatars? Uh, now, we have not seen yet an avatar uh, who can uh, make fries. But I do believe that's one of the things I'm going to discuss when I'm out there with Jensen. His avatars, by the way, could be versed in in Shakespeare, but also how to flip burgers. I don't understand what you're talking about. 
Well, so explain uh, this to me. I mean, I, my, I eat uh, a burger Karen Kramer and I eat worked at fries. Okay, she and worked I, at McDonald's. She still the, likes that crisscross the from the burn of the fries. Right. Right. Well, avatars but don't what get are you? What? All right. Avatars are a way to be able to. Your point is, you can't eat digital fries. I don't think so, but he seems to be indicating otherwise. No, explain no, this to me. No, what are you saying talking about avatar? when you talk about somebody making burgers and fries? Well, in the, because he talks directly avatar. in his unbelievable keynote about avatars replacing people we can't find to work because four million people left the workforce. Wherever there's a work shortage, he is Jay Powell's best friend, or maybe Lyle Brainerd. Brainerd not. But how does a digital avatar make French fries for me that I can eat? Well, it takes at a orders. The, the avatar takes orders. And takes the right, French fries. Somebody's still got to actually make the fries. Are you saying maybe that's automated? That, well, that's, that's what I'm trying to find out. See, I'm going to I, I, NVIDIA today, David. I'm making the pilgrimage. Yes. And I want to find okay. out where the avatar, what stumps the avatar. I mean, for instance, let's say the avatar were on, Je- were on Jeopardy. There was a guy who was from, um, he was in New Haven. He was a graduate student. I think he could be crushed <laughs> by it. Now, Watson, Watson would be just ridiculed by your avatar. Watson. Okay. Do you use Watson I, I guess, when you do your fantasy lineup? I don't. No, I haven't used Watson, uh, and I am trying to understand this, and I look forward very much to what may end up being the most important week of incredible interviews for you, which is with uh, the man you wow. call Da Vinci. And, uh, and so maybe I'll get some answers. Maybe I'll get Carl, some answers uh, if I watch Carl, have you tonight. ever been to the Da Vinci Museum in Italy? Um, no. Da Vinci thought about what was going to happen 300 years later. He invented the helicopter, Da Vinci. People don't realize that. Well, when you speak to Jensen, he's talking about 2040 as if it's tomorrow. And we don't do that. He has managed to basically put himself in a time capsule that goes forward. Not not the way back, but the way forward. Well, for now, Jim, I guess we'll have to make do with uh, Nike land, I think they're calling it. uh, As uh, Nike and Roblox rolled out this partnership yesterday. Roblox has been adamant that they were the first Omni-Meta. Uh, I can't disagree with Bazooki. Remember, Zook versus Zook. Zook Zuckerberg? Right, I know. Bazooki. Zook Zuck. Yep, yep. It is. Yep. That's what, it's Zuck versus Zook. Okay, David, that's, Zuck is Meta and right. Zook, Zook runs is that Meta platform company, the company formerly known as Facebook. Exactly. How about Nike, Carl? Nike is on fire here, even though the last quarter was not good. And Foot Locker was not special. I was just going to say, I was going to say, uh, the supply chain issues today from Foot Locker, Jim, uh, from Ross, from AMAT, yeah. Uh, AMAT was, uh, I happen to like Dickerson very much. That call, that call basically said, listen, we left $300 on the table because of supply chain. And in the last few weeks, it got worse. But it got worse like last Thursday. The granularity, David, is frightening. It made me feel like AMAT is going to make it so Micron may do better because there's a shortage of capital equipment. I don't know. The AMAT was a real bummer. It was just a bummer. It's all going to be better. All going to be better Palo in the Omniverse. Alto. Don't it's you worry, be Jim. All better there. Are there. No supply, there are no supply chain issues fries, in the Omniverse. French fries, all you want. Endless, uh, unlimited French fries, no, Carl, no, in the Omniverse. That's not what I said. Yeah. <laughs> Take a look at the futures here as we wrap up uh, a really eventful week. We'll get to uh, more of the calls today, a lot of the earnings prints, House voting on uh, H.R. 5376 after that uh, long speech from McCarthy last night, and more on, uh, on pharma as we take a look at the FDA and boosters. Back in a moment. Every day. 
thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create, like Olu Sheyi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. We are one week away from Black Friday, following that barrage of earnings news. The retail sector is in positive territory so far for the week, helped in part by Macy's gain yesterday, 21%. Jim, and you talked to Gannett about the consumer and supply chain. Yes, and I've got to tell you, I think this is a reverse-engineered Amazon. I think, and David, stay focused on this because I know you may want to dispute it. You have Macy's as a brick-and-mortar company where suddenly the brick-and-mortar is really a weapon. He has 60 stores who's going to close not so fast. Maybe some of them can be used for web services, and that's what's key. They have a web service business that's second to none. They want to curate third-party uh, companies to make it so that you get the best. David, I'm talking about a Macy's web services, and you can separate Macy's web services and Macy's Omnichannel from brick and mortar, and you know what? It's the price of the stock. David, it's the price of Interesting. the stock. Interesting. Right. All right, so Macy's Web Services is, is uh, obviously available to other companies, as that's the key, whereas Omnichannel is specific to Macy's. But you spin exactly. them together, or you just, or, or I mean, no, you spin them off, you have two private all? companies. I, I fell, yeah. I don't know if we have a clip, but I was shocked at exactly, exactly how. Willing Jeff Gannett was on Mad Money to say that this is definitely a possibility. Definitely. I see people buying the stock back. Is the omnichannel behavior of the customer? That customer is going to be respected at all costs. And so, you know, the board, myself, you know, our advisors, we look at this all the time. And we look at how's the company more valuable to the shareholder as a unified company or as, as separate companies? With the value that the market is putting on e-commerce, we needed to take another look. So bringing in Alex Partners, which is a great you know, third party, they're going to pressure test this. They're going to work through our analysis. We're in the middle of that right now. We don't have any conclusions, but we'll be transparent with the market about where those findings take us. Could he be more leaning toward what I call the Macy's Web Services model, David? I think it was basically, uh, 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 all systems go, Alex Partners reviewing it, not a banker. What does that mean, David, if Alex Partners is doing it? I don't know. Versus saying uh, Golden Sachs. Uh, 
Uh, Goldman yeah. Sachs. Well, I was going to say Goldman Sachs well. for a second. They bit. are very well known for, for advising on restructuring opportunities, but certainly they would be, a, they're certainly a, a firm you would potentially have taking a look at this. Doesn't mean they're going to do it. I mean, it's possible Alex Partners says, hey, there's benefits to staying together, aren't there, Jim? Well, there absolutely are, but I think that what Jeff is realizing is he sees all, he sees Amazon and realizes that Amazon is vulnerable. That if you can have a company like Macy's, which is a great national brand name, uh, doing so well on Omnichannel, why not let open it up to everybody and make it so that Amazon is left behind? You know, look, we go to Amazon and you, you hit up something. What do you get? You get five ads for five things you don't need. And then you scroll down and voila, there it is. David, when you shop on Amazon, which I know you do because you don't go any brick and mortar stores, aren't you just embarrassed now how much you have to slog through before you get to what you want? You do have to look carefully. That is a, a good point. You're not going to I order women's shoes with the first item because that those are oftentimes sponsored. You need to look look through a bit. Yeah, that's true. I think it's all all basically the uh, realization by Jeff Gannett that there's because Amazon has junked up its company so much that you could they they have become vulnerable. And I think he's the first CEO retail exec who realizes, wow, you know what? Amazon has made it so that the public doesn't like it nearly as much as they used to when it comes to retail. Interesting. Not a not an Amazon killer, uh, but one that can maybe coexist. Yes. Now the problem is, is if I check with people out here, uh, Carl, you have to spend a fortune to go up against Amazon, and Macy's yeah. doesn't have it. They just don't have the money to compete. But they may have the money to compete in one niche business, and that niche business is used for Macy's. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. We'll talk more about that in a bit. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell on this Friday morning as uh, futures have come off the early morning lows. S&P back in the green. We're back in a moment. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Some of your pre-market gainers on the uh, NDX and Intuit's going to be up 13% as they beat. Revenue ahead, pretty good guide. Uh, futures are bouncing back as the German foreign minister, according to reports, is uh, ruling out a national lockdown. Opening bell in just about five minutes. All right, let's get to the last mad dash of the week. You can't get enough of Ford, which, by the way, does have a bigger market cap than Lucid this morning now. Right, and they're retiring 9.5% notes, 9.65% notes. But this Ford's a Trojan horse. What I really mean to talk about here, David, is Rivian. Rivian's, the stake that Ford has in Rivian is a Trojan horse. They are no longer, they're not friends with Rivian. Uh, Farley's not friends with anybody. Well, maybe he's friends with, with uh, Squawk on the Street. 
But what we're going to get here is the destruction of the last great growth sector. We have had a tremendous destruction over the last few days, with exception of Intuit. And it's really happening right now to a sector that people fall in love with. When you start having a company that has low debt, that is going to be able to take its Rivian stake, you have to wonder, David, how long do you want to hang in Rivian? You just want to, like, hang there as if it's, like, no problem? I mean, you have the largest guy wants to sell, second largest after Amazon, wants to sell. David, you can't just stay, can you just stay in Rivian and be oblivious to that, David? Well, you say they want to sell. Do you know that for a fact? Is there yes. a plan underway to actually monetize that stake? No, we don't has? know that yet, but I know they want to sell. Yes, they are not colleagues. They are opponents. Okay. Okay. That's a lot of money. That's a great money insight. Stake there for them. That's, that was big. No one knows that. Let's get to the opening bell here in the CNBC real-time exchange. And the big board, it's a beauty company, Cody, celebrating its investor day at the NASDAQ Stronghold Digital Mining, a Bitcoin mining company celebrating its recent IPO. Jim, uh, Bitcoin, 57K, uh, getting awfully close to a bear market. Uh, Interestingly, Robinhood, whose fortunes have been closely tied to crypto, gets a catalyst, a sell call over at Deutsche today. I thought that was unbelievable because this that talk about beating a dead horse. Wow. Uh, and remember, yeah, their business has shifted radically toward Bitcoin. Now, we listened to uh, Mr. Saylor talk this morning as if Bitcoin was going much higher today, uh, as high as the uh, Sierra space system that uh, General Atlantic is backing. Uh, one of the things that I find, Carl, that, that is just shocking to me is that they, the people who own crypto, they never acknowledge that it's even going down when it goes down. I think to them, down is up. <laughs> hey, Jim, I thought for the Mad Dash, you'd probably want to do Workday. You know, I mean, you've always been a supporter of that company. I was going to do that as stop trading because I think they well, should stop trading. you can't wait till the end of the show to do that. No, you're, do it no now. you're right. I had them on last night. But look, the stock was down 23. I met with, with uh, Neil Bushry, whom we both know. And we thought the stock would ultimately be up today. And I'm reiterating that I think it can, well, not be up, but be flat. They, they had the strongest quarter that they've had in the last three years. But people are idiots. I mean, people don't know what they're doing. And they're selling the stock. And when they realize that it was the strongest quarter in the last three years, they'll come to their senses. It was upgraded three times going into the quarter. I think that was the biggest problem, David. We've had a lot of companies yeah. that are getting upgraded into the quarter. We also got companies like AMAT, where people were very positive going into the quarter because, well, I mean, there's a chip shortage, for heaven's sake. How do you, how's your stock down, down nine in a chip, in a chip shortage? $300 million left on the table next quarter. Bit. But I do think that uh, tech that's down is very interesting. David, I like tech that is down. And, of course, I like Intuit, which is not tech. Just happens to be, that's an avatar for everybody. They can challenge Jensen. Uh, yeah, Intuit, uh, you know, uh, and again, approaching, what is that? Uh, $200 oh, two, it's in the $200 billion dollar club, big deal. It's amazing, yeah. Almost 200, roughly $200 billion. About a 15% annual return for the past 21 years. <laughs> well, the, oh, you got him? All right, you got to talk to him about the idea that they actually, the only company I know that bridges B2B and B2C. Most companies are so proud of being only enterprise-oriented, they don't even want to talk about B2C because consumers, there's like a million of them, and they're like dirty. But not Intuit. Intuit is just, a, we use them in every, I use it in every single aspect of my life. Every single, well, it doesn't make dinner. But it, it is a, an incredible outfit. 
Yeah. Karma. Credit karma, David. I don't know how often you check your credits. I have been, Ben Stoda works with me. He's my research director for Mad Money. I think he checks his credit score maybe like three or four times a day. I hope the booth gives us a 20-year chart right there because that 20-year return is double the performance of either the S&P or the triple Qs. Wow. 2X. Well, Brad Smith doesn't get enough credit. He put that together. That uh, every small business has to use them because they're able to get rid of people, and the very expensive people, with the friction, which is your accountants. Uh, I find that the, their products are uniformly simple to use. Even people our age, David, and I use the term our age loosely, um, can use Intuit. They know how to use it. Okay, I may look into that then, if it's appropriate for people as old as, as we are. Uh, but there's, yeah. there's, a, uh, there's, a, there's a, an endorsement of long-term investing right there. Just hanging right with there. a good management team and, you know, keeping their eye on the prize, so to speak, and having long-term goals. How many times have hedge funds really traded in on that stock, David? Oh, my God. During that hey, period? Been. Tens of thousands of times. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. But that's why they're paid the yeah. big bucks. It is. Yeah, they don't. How about all the people who sold Apple because its best days were behind it? Shareholders, but. Yeah. Look at Apple. Well, Let me not look at it today. I mean, but I mean, Apple, how many okay. times have people traded Apple? How many times has Tony Saganegi said, well, you know what? You want to look at the, uh, the uh, and people sell it on that. That's a record you know, high yesterday. It is. A, it would be a nice thing occasionally to turn to the 20 years. I think that's helpful. Obviously, uh, there you look at Apple. Yeah. I guess it's gone pretty darn well there. Um, right. Those early years, not too much. And then the iPhone kind of changed things a little bit. Do, do you have a 20-year of Nokia? How about a 20-year of Nokia, Dave? Yeah, I mean, there are, listen, there are, right. By the way, how about a five-year of Intel versus a five-year of AMD? You're a big meanie. How about that? You're me. Oh, you're on now? You're okay? Now that you've met with Gelsinger and talked to him, you're, what, are you on board now? No, it's not that easy, Dave. It's not, I'm not it's that not, cheap a no. date. No. I mean, you can't do that. He <laughs> did give me this right, award. Look at that. He gave look me an award. But I, I don't really understand it, but I love. But I always take an award. What was the award for? Um, I don't know. Well, it was for uh, thinking. Thinking big. Oh, okay. I like it. Yeah. Thinking big award. Yeah, it's big um, award. Guys, I uh, want to go back to retail. Obviously, we talked about Macy's at the top of the show. Farfetch, a name I talked about a couple weeks ago because of this potential deal with Richemont's wine app. But Farfetch <laughs> itself, I don't know if you guys have seen this, getting Ugh. crushed. Um, yeah, just getting crushed uh, this morning. Um, Wedbush says, what did we learn? Well, trends slowed dramatically late in the quarter. Given that Farfetch reported Q2 results seven weeks into the quarter, it means the last six weeks of the quarter must have been slowing dramatically, specifically if they were running in line with guidance at the time of the Q2 print. This suggests digital uh, GMV growth slowed to only up 15% late in the quarter from what had been up 30%. Um, and also a lot of volatility in margins, Jim. We were yeah. talking about this stock in a positive way, as I said very recently, because of that potential tie-up in some way with Richemont's wine app, although they didn't really speak to it at all on the conference call. No. I mean, this is another one. Just, it came public, and it's just a kind of – I'd put it in the flotsam and jetsam category, frankly. You know, rent the flotsam. A lot of high-end I- retail on this platform. And to your point earlier with Macy's, they're not, it's not just about them. It, you know, they're trying to power other platforms as well and benefit from their growth. Yeah, but, David, there's no flywheel. Okay. You have to have flywheel. Platform and flywheel, scale, total addressable right. market, and go-to market. That's all you really need to know. That's what I've learned out here. 
You have to use those terms. I used them last night at a bar. I mean, people thought I was a genius. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, the go-to market really surprised me, but their land did expand, and you know what? They really have a great TAM. And people were like, really? I'll buy that. All I have now in my head is Will Farrell saying, I need more flywheel. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, walking. Right. Christopher Walken. I like Walken, more yes. cowbell. Are you, sorry, Christopher Walken. Are you drinking was, late at night, Jim? Farrell was actually yes. doing No, right. no, no. I actually, uh, I actually had a cocktail with someone from, um, uh, someone from Twitter. And I learned a great wow. deal, including the restaurant wow. that I loved in 1978 I should not go back to. I well, said, oh, Jim, this I place ask- is great. My information is 40 years old. It doesn't hold up. Yeah. You said yesterday you wanted to figure out what was going on with Twitter shares. At 49, we're basically back to uh, the week they went public in 2013. I cannot believe that this company, which has so many things going for it, cannot rise to the occasion and become... I mean, look at Snap. Could we have an overlay of Twitter versus Snap? That's a good one. Uh, And obviously TikTok people like Twitter's part of the conversation. The Olympics are coming up. It's going to be great for Twitter. But it's now become a dislike stock. Wow. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Where's the Benioff period? The, buy, the Benioff I mean, buy period? Remember Salesforce was going to buy him? Yes, I do very well. Chilled my relationship with him for some period of time. It did. But, um, yeah. That's um, good you mentioned you it. You know, it's fun. <laughs> You're the one who mentioned it. Um, by the way, you mentioned TikTok. You know, yesterday with those earnings from Alibaba, which is up a bit today, Subsequently, unfortunately, not in time for, uh, for the show yesterday, you know, ByteDance and TikTok are, are starting to get very aggressive in e-commerce in, in China as well, Jim. I don't know if you're aware. And, and that's no, starting to and that's why I like, that's why I like, you know, J.D. is coming on strong. By the way, J.D. is saying, yeah. Estee, you know, Estee Lauder doing well with J.D. Now, yesterday, the people who rang the bell, Cody, I think they slagged everybody. And that meant there's good opportunity down eight to buy Estee Lauder, which my charitable trust owns. Very rare does it ever come down. And remember, this is run by Fabrizio Freda, now regarded as being, I think, the king of consumer packaged goods stocks because of him. Um, yeah. Oh, you know, guys, uh, something else we're watching as well, obviously, Bobby, yesterday is, is Activision. Jim, I know you've been also keeping an eye on this. Uh, yeah. Yesterday with Microsoft and Xbox saying, um, you know, sort of questioning the relationship there in terms of at least saying, well, we're not particularly happy with what, what happened there. Um, wow. Uh, Sony the day before that. So I guess this, examining their ties is what I should say. Uh, 10% of employees coming out and asking for uh, Bobby Kotick's resignation. Uh, this morning, you've got some research as well. I think this is true as saying we think investors should expect a CEO change. We'll see what happens here. Uh, interesting that, you know, the board came immediately to Codex uh, defense. I, th- I thought that was interesting. And, you know, it does beg the question if he's unable to maintain here. That um, was to the board, too, that seems so aligned with their CEO. Uh, Haven't they, heard from Kodak. Would love to. Yeah. Known him a long time. Uh, would love to sort of get more sense here as, as to what they're thinking. But right now, they are not communicating, uh, at least not publicly. Yeah, it, it, it's a question. It's quizzical. It's ill-advised and quizzical. By the way, we can't go much longer without mentioning J.P. Morgan. A breakdown of uh, just related to interest rates, which is related to Austria. Austria has cost J.P. Morgan three points. Austria. I mean, honestly, yep. what has Austria done besides the cuckoo clock, which is not even theirs, it's the Swiss? I, I look at the situation, J.P. Morgan, I'm starting to think it's a buying opportunity. 
Uh, financials are definitely leading us lower today, Jim, along with energy, the only sector that's down more. Although we mentioned uh, during the break that uh, the German foreign minister essentially right. rules out a national lockdown of their own. And so we did see at least futures come back a bit on that news. Well, that made me By think the way, that Nas- JP Morgan's good. Uh, NASDAQ record high as well as, as Microsoft well, once again on a tear, I guess. Muscle memory, Jim, yields come down and people rush into tech. Yes, they go to Adobe, which isn't talked about nearly enough, a $300 billion company. It's the first one to turn, I find, over and over and over again, even before Microsoft. Adobe, of course, has no supply chain issues. They have no any issues. I mean, I I think that stock, I don't know why it does not get the respect that I expect it to get. When you come out here, people mention Adobe, David, very quickly as being a company that is just on fire right now. But you don't hear it talked about. I don't understand that. Uh well, we have, and we've all pointed to, obviously, the incredible performance of that stock. You take a look at Microsoft. Guys, something we haven't talked about a bit lately is SPACs, kind of oftentimes reserved Fridays to kind of point to things that are still going on and what was still one of this year's biggest trends, certainly earlier in the year rather than later. Uh-oh. And can't resist that. Got to get a little SPAC in the street. Don't know if you noticed, there were four terminations this month of deals, which is double what we saw in October, and obviously November's yet uh, over. KVSA, AUS, v, uh, Velo, HCIC, um, all terminating their deals, talking about market conditions, inflation. And we've spent a lot of time talking, of course, about the performance overall of SPACs, those that have yet to announce deals, those that have announced deals but not yet closed them, and those that have closed, including, of course, PaySafe last week, which I noticed had a three in front of it ever so briefly there. There's a look at the CNBC SPAC deal. Uh, you know, that's the deal index. That's once the deal's announced. You can see where that stands right now, below par. Um, talked wow. to Greg Maffei about it yesterday also. Uh, of course, remember, Liberty announced their SPAC early this year. And it's not an easy environment in which to get a deal done. And he says it has been changing a bit from the speculative froth that sort of characterized this market earlier in the year. Take a listen. It is a competitive market, and we went from a highly speculative period in the beginning of the year where uh, we would walk in and make a bid and somebody would come in and make a bid 40% higher to a market where it's getting very difficult to get things done. And I think sellers are having to adjust their expectations, but ultimately I think that plays to our advantage. Meanwhile, next week, Jim, I think we've got five SPAC IPOs scheduled for just the 19th alone, uh, or the 19th today or, and or into next week. So, uh, you know, it is still... <laughs> A market and a significant one. Right. I mean, I was with someone uh, for dinner the other day, and I said, what are you up to? And he said, well, I have a SPAC. I said, really? I said, yeah, <laughs> big SPAC. I mean, uh, David, when you have a company, like with an IPO and a road show, I mean, people would know you as, ha- as being involved with a company. It wouldn't be like, hey, I have a SPAC, pass us all. I mean, it's not like that. That, that was never like that. I mean, we've got a lot of companies that basically are like, they're like items on a menu, for heaven's sake. Right. By the way, a lot right. of insider buying in DraftKings, which was a plus back, and I've been wondering when the price wars are going to end when it comes to uh, the gambling stocks. Some of the insiders clearly think it's now. Uh, I'm not sure. Interesting. Still one of the great SPAC deals, of course, the DraftKings right? deal, Carl. Yep. Uh, meantime, right now in the House, uh, they have the votes uh, to pass the president's $1.7 trillion Build Back Better Act. Let's get to Elon Moy in Washington. Hi, Elon. Well, that's right, Carl. Democrats are finally passing their signature social spending package through the House 
almost straight down party lines. You could see lawmakers, Democrats cheering and clapping as those final votes were cast. The final vote tally is 220 to 209. Every Republican voted against it. Almost every Democrat voted for it. The only holdout was Representative Jared Golden of Maine. He's a moderate who was unhappy about the increase in the cap on state and local tax deductions because it benefits millionaires. But overall, Democrats were able to overcome concerns by moderates about the size of this package once the CBO score came out yesterday. Now, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi did say that the bill is fully paid for and that it will not increase inflation, though, of course, Republicans uh, do not agree with that assessment. The bill now heads over to the Senate, where Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has said that he hopes to pass it by Christmas. However, we know that Senators Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema still have concerns. Other Democratic senators want to make changes as well. So a victory today in the House as this bill, uh, the final tally is 220 to 209, passing through the House. But we still have an uphill climb in the Senate and no votes to spare in that chamber. Guys. I wonder what you make of the CBO score yesterday. Uh, they do say about $367 billion in new deficits, but others argue it doesn't account for better IRS collection, better IRS enforcement. Even Larry Summers with an opinion piece saying Treasury is being too conservative in the amount of money that may be recovered if you reform the IRS. Yeah, this is a problem that once upon a time, Carl, we would have called a known known. Democrats were bracing for that discrepancy for weeks, and they'd done a lot of outreach to those moderate members to try to explain why CBO was unable to include as really any of the IRS enforcement money in their score, but also had a lower estimate than the White House would have for how much that increased uh, IRS enforcement would raise. Um, it seems like they were able to get that message through to the moderate Democrats. We'll see if it's enough to convince people like Joe Manchin in the other chamber uh, that this bill will not uh, add to inflation. That's been one of his major concerns with both the size and the scope of this package. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Manchin asking for more chats with Brainerd and Powell. Uh, that's getting interesting, along with the, the president getting a routine colonoscopy today. A busy day in Washington. Elon, thank you. Uh, Elon Moy. Dow's down 200. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Hey, Bob. Morning, guys. Happy Friday. Uh, Dow down 200 and passage of that bill in the House, not moving the markets, but travel's moving the markets. So if you look at the sectors, you can see a very clear divergence going on here. Uh, American Express, Goldman, J.P. Morgan, uh, that's half of the Dow's losses. Those are travel-related and week, uh, of course, uh, uh, moved down uh, on the 10-year yield. Tech's holding up all week, and so is consumer discretionary. So look at this divergence developing. Tech's holding up, consumer discretionary holding up, banks and energy travel stuff not. So this is why the S&P is up this week, but the equal weight S&P is down 1% because a lot more stocks moving down. It's those big cap tech stocks that are holding things up right now. Travel is the issue here. I'll tell you the day that mattered most. The peak travel optimism was November 8th. Remember what happened on November 8th? That was the day when they allowed the U.S., the U.S. allowed foreign international visitors to come in. Travel stocks all popped up. These are today. Look, Lufthansa's gotten killed this week. It's down about 11 percent. All the uh, European airlines are, are down. But November 8th was the peak. Put up the next uh, full screen. I'll show you what's happened since then. It's been essentially a slow descent. Everything popped up then around November 8th. And since then, Marriott, Delta, United, America, and this is not even accounting for the, the declines that we've seen uh, today, all steadily down. So 
peak travel optimism was around the U.S. allowing international visitors is, and then a dose of realism as we realize it's not really going away, the whole COVID concerns that are out there. Same thing with oil, essentially. Oil is a proxy, essentially, for global travel. Oil peaked out in November, right around November 8th. There you see it, uh, the, the chart there. It was, what, $84? Now it's about $75, $76. So you see the slow descent uh, there also dropping. And the exact same thing with energy stocks. Uh, again, November 8th, r- roughly around there, was the time where oil stocks peaked recently. These are not dramatic dis- declines, but these are high beta oil names, Occidental APA, EOG, uh, Marathon Oil, all have descended. Uh, since then. So uh, very clear little pattern that's been uh, going on. Uh, finally, I just want to n- make a note of a couple things today. This is a monthly options expiration day. Normally, this is not a big event, but it's become it this year because we've seen tremendous trading in individual stock options and futures in 2021 around meme stocks, around the Reddit crowd. Uh, we've seen a tremendous growth in monthly and weekly options. We usually talk about quarterly expirations, but monthly and weekly, weekly options have really seen tremendous Tremendous growth in the last uh, seven, eight, nine, ten months. Uh, stocks that have high open interest, the ones you would think of, uh, the Teslas, the Apples, and the Fords that are out there. But they have high trading. So today these are going to expire at the close. They're going to decide whether they want to roll over. Uh, and you want to keep an eye out on smaller uh, companies, uh, Carl, where there's been a lot of interest of moving around, uh, an, an Avis, uh, a, a Carvana, a Chipotle uh, in the last few months. It's hard to say whether it will affect the underlying stocks at the close, but there's definitely more interest on these monthly and these weekly options expirations, uh, uh, Carl. It's, uh, people have made a lot of money this year, but remember, you buy call options, they move up, and you think you're a genius. The next month you keep doing it, and eventually you run into trouble. But so far it's been a tremendous trade this year, Carl. All right, Bob. Thanks so much, uh, Bob Pisani. As we go to break, uh, time for the bond report. We'll take a look at Treasuries here. Interesting morning. Yields down uh, pretty much across the board. Uh, Two-year got down to 44 basis points, inched up just a bit on those headlines out of Germany, uh, but definitely the 30-year well below two, taking the wind out of uh, financial sales today. We'll be right back. Time for Jim and Stop Trading. I got William Sonoma on the stock tonight. The stock is down nine. Laura Albert continues to not get the respect she deserves. I thought the quarter was magnificent. Uh, if you take a look at where it's been over the last year, this is one of the great reopening trades. But all now it's one of the great hybrid trades. They are doing over your house. Uh, your house can be your office if you go to West Elm. And remember, more than 60 percent of their business is online. Uh, it's a remarkable story. Not hurt that badly by supply constraints. So I think that Laura Albert is going to tell a very good story tonight. Jim, I'd love to get your take on uh, the House passing this bill because of all the unanswered questions on the Hill. This was a big one. The Fed chair remains another one. The debt ceiling will remain another one later on this year, we think. Uh, All these, I think, are going to give you the great speed bumps that you need to buy uh, because the American consumer is the driving force now. The American consumer is the most liquid I've ever seen. Uh, and interest rates remain incredibly low. Why the housing stocks go up, we don't talk about them enough. Uh, why tech continues to go up. These are the things that people can are accessible to people. Meta is accessible to, to people. That's going to go up. Apple's accessible to people. And, of course, NVIDIA has become part of the lexicon. And that's why I can't wait to make the pilgrimage to NVIDIA right after the show is over. They're going to give you some fries? You're going to get some no. fries there? No, they're going to... Put me in a room no. with you guys, no. except for it won't be you, and you won't be a wise guy, David, and you'll have a tie on. <laughs> wise guy? Really? Wise guy? Wise Apparently guy. I'm going to be smarter, right? Is that, that you can, they can actually increase. No, but it, I, it, I'm going to program is... you to shop with me. 
Yeah, all right. Now, that's something that could only happen in the metaverse. But again, when you shop in the metaverse, do you get to take home what you buy? No, you can only have no, it in the metaverse. No, but you know who the host of Jeopardy is full-time in the metaverse? Who? <laughs> you. <laughs> it's about the only place I am going to be the host of Jeopardy. When, when, when Sony, when Sony joins the metaverse, we'll know. <laughs> Oh, man. Jim, I, again, I said it, but, you know, I can't say it enough. I am looking forward to hearing that because you pointed this out and made it, uh, many times. Jensen Wong is one of the most important people there is when it comes to technology overall and certainly this very important development that we spent a lot of time talking about and will continue to. But as I can see there, just one of so many guests that you the have tonight, The cash is just Jim. Palo Alto's incredibly strong. Laura, I told you that stock shouldn't be down. Chip has done a remarkable job with ESG. But Jensen, I, when I talk with Jensen, I try to Google everything because I'd say maybe 87% of what he says I don't understand because he's so far ahead of me. He's ahead of us all, though. Different. That's a good lineup, Jim. Uh, we can't wait to have you back at the desk. Congratulations on a great week. Guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank get you for the uh, get some time. rest. Of course, uh, I didn't Jim go to bed Tuesday night. You know, I don't like to sleep Tuesday nights. <laughs> right, yeah. Out at one market. Uh, by the way, a reminder, as always, you can get in on the new CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Just sign up. Find out more at CNBC.com slash Investing Club. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.